Here we go. You're listening to Sounds Good, the podcast that makes your sounds sound good. Here is a repurposed episode I did a few years ago for Feedburner's podcast. Some of the information is a bit dated, but I hope you still enjoy it. Hens gave a lecture in the Amsterdam School of Audio Engineering on November the 4th, 2006. There were something like 20 people in the audience. All of them were members of the student network club. Amazingly, it turned out no one was subscribing to any podcasts. Hens discussed subscribing to podcasts, producing your own podcast, and using podcasting to get better exposure for your music. Without further ado, let's listen to the lecture. Okay, welcome. Tonight I'm going to give a lecture about uh, podcasting for you. My name is Hans Zimmerman. I'm living in the north of the Netherlands in a town called Groningen. In my day job I'm just a project manager at an uh, information technology company. But I'm also an audio engineer. I do a lot of uh, freelance uh, things. I also do a podcast, which I do for myself. It's just a hobby thing. Uh, I used to be a student at this same school in Amsterdam in uh, 2003 and actually Bruce was one of my teachers so that explains what I'm doing here. I also make uh, electronic music, uh, that's also something we're going to talk a bit about tonight, uh, about getting your music promoted via this new thing called podcasting. Uh, tonight's going to be split into three parts, the first part is like looking at podcasting as a consumer, uh, then we're going to talk about producing your own podcast, I'm sure most of you are interested in that. And then we're going to talk about getting your music out on the internet in a very successful way using podcasting. But before we start, I would like to do a little survey so I know what kind of audience we have here. So let's start with, please raise your hand if you have a, a portable MP3 player. That's just about anyone here. Okay. How many of you actually have an iPod from Apple? Very little. That's a bit surprising. How many of you are using a program called iTunes, whether it's on a Mac or on Windows? Okay, that's a bit, uh, bit more. Is any of you already subscribing to podcasts, one or more? Zero. Okay, then I'm not going to ask if you're also producing your own podcast. If you're not subscribing to any, I'm sure none of you is producing their own. I am producing my own podcast. I started with this a few months ago. It's a show called Sounds Good. It's about audio engineering, which is the thing I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm usually talking about things like uh, uh, Logic Audio, Pro Tools and stuff. There's one thing I have to tell you. I, I'm wearing a microphone, you may have noticed. There's a company called Feedburner. We're going to talk about them uh, tonight too. And they have something that's called a consumer-produced podcast. This means that if you're enthusiastic about this, then you can record your own show and put it on the Feedburner podcast. No swearing, please. <laughs> I'm going to edit it and put some background music in, remove all my mistakes, and <laughs> so I sound really professional. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's start with, do you know what blogging or web logging is? Most of you do, right? It's this thing where everybody is a journalist. You put your own thoughts on the internet and people can subscribe to what you're putting on the internet. And this is really the, the strong point about web logging and uh, podcasting too. It means people subscribe to your content. Now, a few years ago, a guy named Adam Curry, 
very <laughs> famous person. He did have a very good idea to put a, a multimedia file into one of those blog postings. And what happens now is that you can put your MP3 with whatever you uh, want to talk about or whatever music you want to play, you put it into a blog posting. And this means people can automatically receive new episodes of what you are enthusiastic about. Let me just show you how it looks in the case of my own podcast. I go to iTunes for this. I notice most of you were using iTunes, so you're a bit familiar with this. I go to the podcast section. Oh, I'm on, on top. How very fortunate. <laughs> Well, this is my, my page in iTunes. Now, a lot of things in the music store, like music and videos, you have to pay for it. But in general, a podcast is a free thing. All the new episodes are automatically downloaded to your machine. So you really have to do very little to get all the new content. You are subscribed like a magazine. Whenever I have a new episode out, it's automatically listed here. Some are very professional from huge companies, but there are also individuals like you and me who just record maybe to their cell phone with a microphone. Anything between that and something very professional with background music, you can make it, you can create a podcast. Anyone here using Logic? Yeah. In, in the episodes I make, I talk a, a lot about uh, Pro Tools and Logic. And as you can see, there are these little pictures here. You can not do this with an MP3 file. You can put one picture in, but that's it. I'm using a, another file format, which is called uh, M4A. And in these files, you can embed these little pictures. If I go through my episode, you can see that there are a lot of pictures inside this. So you can follow on the screen what, what steps to take. And this is the uh, thing that's, I think, special about my podcast, because there are a lot of podcasts about audio engineering already. But I thought I want to do something special. I want to explain to people how to learn certain techniques. And no one else is doing it like this, where you explain in detail what to do, what you see on the screen. And so that's how I make my, my own uh, podcast a bit special. Next, and show them some popular audio engineering podcasts. It's like getting a lot of audio magazines for free. So this is a bit how it looks from the consumer side of things. You can just subscribe to thousands of podcasts, not just about audio engineering. If you're interested in, in games, if you're interested in gadgets or in astronomy or biology or in uh, fiction, you can find a podcast about it and you can subscribe to it and you can automatically receive all these new episodes when they are available. It's like having a, a thousand magazines for free. Any questions so far? The question was, do you need iTunes? No, it's not solely for iTunes. The name is a bit of a misnomer. A lot of people think you need an iPod for this. Uh, but you don't need an iPod. Anything that can play an MP3 file is probably good enough to play uh, like 99% of all the podcasts out there. And you don't have to use iTunes. There are programs like MyPodder. There's a lot of software out there. You can use different programs. There, there are alternatives to iTunes. Okay, next we are going to look at producing your own podcast. And I thought it would be nice to just show you a little movie. Uh, last week, Apple put a seminar online. There are three parts to it. Next, Hans showed them a video about creating a podcast using GarageBand. Understand that the audience consisted of audio engineers who are used to expensive recording hardware.
Now you may be a bit amused that I'm demonstrating here something that uses GarageBand, but it's really a nice program. And if you are going to produce your own podcast and you want to put these pictures in, you don't have to do the entire show in GarageBand. In my case, I record to Pro Tools, then I go to Logic, uh, where I do all the mixing and the, put the background music in and the little jingles and the special effects. So I render it down to 16-bit using Logic. I drag my entire show into GarageBand and I put these little pictures in. Really nice way to enhance your podcast. But there's also a little uh, danger to this because you're using a, a bit uh, more obscure file format than MP3. So if you're only going to do a show with music and your voice and you don't want these pictures in it, I would definitely go for the MP3 file format. Before you start creating your own podcast, it's really interesting to do a little bit of exploration out there because there are so many shows already in existence. For instance, if you're going to do a show about gadgets, you're up to a very stiff competition because there are a lot of companies like Engadget and CNET. No gadgets. No, no gadgets, no. But with audio engineering, you may find an angle that no one else is covering. On the other hand, if you want to do gear review, if you're going to talk about audio software, well, you already have some competition. So please choose a subject that's not already there. Before I started my own podcast, I listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of other podcasts just to get a feel for this new kind of phenomenon. Realize that you're creating an audience for your show. It's all about connecting to your audience. You want your audience to grow. You want to interact with these people. You're going to receive emails. People are going to be enthusiastic that you are doing this. Then you know you're on the right track. But also know that if you promise to release something every two weeks or every four weeks or whatever format you're choosing, you have a sort of contract with your audience. And you're not going to just take a break like three or six months because you're going to lose your audience. This happens a lot in podcasting where people start out completely enthusiastic, they put out their first episode and a second and a third and their family and friends are listening and the audience grows from 10 to 100 and, and then they say, oh, hmm, this is very tedious, it's a lot of work, I have to do all this editing, I have to write my own script. So know what you're beginning. Of course, there are many ways to record a podcast. Like I said, you can start with your cell phone, terrible audio quality, and you call it your podcast. No editing, just put it on the web. If you have a very strong message, people are going to say, well, we don't mind the bad audio quality. We want to know what you're going to talk about tomorrow or next week. Never mind the audio quality. It takes me an hour to produce. That's easy. But if you're going to do a show like this with all these pictures and you're going to script out your text and you're going to do interviews with people or uh, software reviews, it's going to take you a lot of time. I'm obviously not an English native speaker and I still do my show in English to reach a bigger audience, but this also means I have to write out my entire text. I choose special background music for it. I do these little segments with screenshots, as you have seen. So this takes me days to prepare an episode. Bored of tutorials that teach you the basics of mixing and editing techniques? Want to take it to the next level? Subscribe to Sounds Good, the podcast that makes you sound better. You'll learn advanced techniques using widely used software such as Pro Tools and Logic. Sounds Good will guide you through the process in a clear and easy to understand way. Find us at feeds.feedburner.com slash sounds good. Extreme low dynamics. <laughs>
Well, this is something we're all audio engineers or uh, aspiring audio engineers in this room. So if you're going to record your own podcast, you're, you also want a really quality sound. So I'll show you the software I'm using for this. It's a program called uh, Ozone. It's a plugin. It's available for Windows and Mac. It's uh, RTS Audio Suite HTDM VST DirectX audio unit. So you can use this in SoundForge. You can use this in Logic and Pro Tools, whatever. This is a really nice plugin to have. An equalizer, a mastering reverb, you have a multi-band dynamics section, also a very good exciter. You can also do the stereo imaging to make it sound commercial. I'm using this on all my music and on all my podcasts. I really enjoy this program. You put on the stereo bus or individually? Yes, on the, on the end, on the stereo bus. Mm -hmm. The, the presets in this program are also excellent. This is really the difference between sounding thin and sadly uh, soft and, and sounding like a radio commercial or something which is finished. <laughs> if you're going to do a podcast about something that's really specific, like audio engineering, companies are really going to be interested in this because you're right on target with your audience. There are some people who are actually making a living from podcasting right now. They give up their day job because they can do this full time. Very interesting. Another company I told you about is Feedburner. I really have to show you this. If you start with this, just start straight away with the Feedburner uh, feed. And their basic account is free and they help you to make your RSS feed comply to iTunes and they help you to make it look better and they help you to analyze your traffic. There was a question earlier when someone asked, how do you know how many subscribers you have? Feedburner takes care of it. If you're going to be a podcast, I would really advise you to go straight to this site. Before you enter your RSS feed in any directory, make sure it's got a Feedburner feed. I have all my feeds going through Feedburner. 37 Hertz is my regular uh, website. I don't attract a lot of traffic there. And I have a photo show no one's interested in, not even myself. <laughs> And then I have Sounds Good, that's my podcast. And you can see it's got a little pro label. Well, with pro stats you get to see everything about your subscribers. This is really nice. If you look at this, it's a bit grayed out, but you can see that somewhere here I started with my podcast and it's slowly building up. You can see what's happening on what days uh, there's more traffic on the website. You can also see details about a specific day. And if I put on a new episode, you see uh, it skyrockets and all people are downloading it. There were 25 hits in the last 54 minutes. So this gives you a really nice view into the traffic you have on your site. And FeedBurner also helps you to uh, optimize your web feed when you start to put it into the iTunes Music Store, which is really something you want to do. You want to make sure all the fields that Apple requires you to use are filled in properly. And FeedBurner takes care of this for you. You, you don't have to look at your XML code, it's all hidden. A lot of things you can do with FeedBurner. It's a nice uh, little adventure when you start podcasting or blogging. So, we talked about uh, creating your own podcast in terms of audio, but you also want to put it on the internet. I always use a program called WordPress, an open source blogging and content management system. You can install it in something like five minutes. 
You don't have to be a computer programmer to do this. It's really easy. Just start and install, put it on your website. Really easy to install. Then, because I'm doing podcasting, I use a plugin called uh, PodPress. And maybe it's nice to look at how this works in practice. So say I produce a new episode of my podcast. It's an MP3 file or something. I put it on the internet by using something like FTP. I want to announce to the world, well, I finished my fourth episode of my podcast. So I type here episode four. Next thing I'm going to do is I say add media file. I know there's a file on my server, so I'll just type the address here. You can see PodPress supports a lot of different file formats. You have MP3 and Oc Vorbis, M4A. You can also put video files in here, like a QuickTime movie or... But in this case, it's uh, an MP3. You can ask PodPress to detect the size and the duration. And if I now say publish, the whole planet is going to be notified. This is going to be on my actual website. And you can see there's a nice player in your weblog. It doesn't matter to the audience how you create it. If you have a multi-billion dollar SSL studio you want to use to create your podcast, or if you want to use an, a cell phone, or if you want to use Pro Tools or Cubase, whatever. If you can produce an MP3 file, you can be a podcaster. It's up to you. The only drawback is that if you have a high quality audio file, it's going to be huge. And if you have a lot of listeners, you have a very successful show, then you might run into bandwidth problems. Uh, but that concludes my second part, explaining how to produce your own podcast. Any one of you using GarageBand, or is this like <coughs> swearing in the school of audio engineering? <laughs> I think we're all going to be using that. <laughs> If you're a bit like myself, you may be creating your own music. And if you let your family and your friends and your girlfriend listen to it and you have reached like 30 people and then the file stays on your hard drive and no one is going to download it, you don't have a record deal, you may be putting it on a website like MySpace, but there are a billion MySpace pages, so who's going to listen to it? For me, uh, most of my files just ended up on my hard drive and no one listened to them. We want to reach an audience, but we don't know how. This all changed for me when I discovered something which is called the Podsafe Music Network. Before we go into this, uh, I want to explain to you that you just can't use any hit record in your podcast. If you're going to play a record from someone like Madonna, you have to pay licensing fees to Madonna and to her entourage of people who are working on these records, just like it is in normal radio. And this is where something called Podsafe Music came into play. And there's now a website called the Podsafe Music Network. This is really a great website. I'll explain to you how it works. You can access this website as a podcaster or as an artist or as both. In my case, I'm both a podcaster and a musician. If you're a podcaster, you're going to hunt down some music to play in your podcast, which you can use for free. Then you notify the user of this song, I've used your song in my podcast. I don't consider myself a, a top artist, I'm just one of the guys who's creating electronic music. But I'll show you how many hits I already have. I started with this in uh, August this year. And the Podsafe Music Network has a nice list for you where you can always see who's using your music. This is what happened since the beginning of August when I started it. On the left you see the name of the show. These are all different shows. Here's the dates when they played music of mine and here on the right you see the song they played. 
there's one called Death of Democracy, I, I created a while back, which is obviously a very popular item. <laughs> but you can see this is really a strong concept. I just put my music here, but somehow people are finding their way to my music and I'm on an average of once a week or more. And you're reaching a huge audience in this way. There are of course some podcasts out there that are really obscure, where there are only four or ten listeners. And I'm, I'm not sure about a show called I don't know how many people are, are listening <laughs> oh to this. <laughs> it's nice to be in their show anyway. <laughs> but if you uh, look here, there's a company called Computer World. That's a really large company. They produce these really professional podcasts and you're reaching thousands of people with your music. The question was, how do they know it's your music? It's like a policy thing. You're using music, you're notifying the artist, the artist gets an email and you see, oh wow, they used my song again, oh, how interesting. And then you go check out this show and they sometimes they announce it. Some people make compilation shows where they play all kinds of records. Really nice way to promote your music. No one was already familiar with this? Okay, well, this more or less concludes what I wanted to talk to you about. If you're making music and you want a larger audience, and uh, I really recommend using this. Podsafe Music Network. Okay, if there are any questions, I'd love to try to answer them. The question was, how about video podcasting? Well, if you remember when I was creating my own posting, you saw the file formats I could use. There was MP3, Oc Forbis, but you can also use a QuickTime movie. The question was, is there a way to make money with your podcast? For instance, Inside Home Recording, they uh, have a company called Z Sounds. And if you buy something through their website from Z Sounds, they get a percentage of everything that's sold. The question was, can you also get any fiction podcasts, like audio drama or spoken books? Yes, certainly. I personally enjoy listening to uh, audio drama and fiction, so there are a few uh, horror and science fiction things I download. I highly recommend uh, Pseudopod if you're into horror. Some of you, after tonight, interested in starting your own podcast already? Definitely. Yeah? I've had a blog for three years, but this is so much more fun. So much more fun, so, so much, much more, more audio. 2000. Yeah. Once you start with podcasting, you will notice that this is a community of people. You will always see the same names, and it's all about sharing and making an audience. You can play someone else's promo in your show, and they will return the favor. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's Thanks it. Very much, You're welcome. There was tons of enthusiasm afterwards. Some of the members of the audience said they would begin podcasting themselves. This episode is created by Hans Zimmerman for the FeedBurner Customer Produced Episodes. We hope you enjoyed it. Take care and have a great day.